It's good to be in Bermondsey, back in our building here, isn't it? I think, can you look around and look at the empty seats near you? Because they are, if you like, pictures of that, you know, that graphic image of the cart taking out the dead. Those empty seats represent people who, at the moment, are destined for death. But we want them to experience life Amen. in Christ. And let them spur you to think, no, I want, I want my neighbours sat in those chairs. I want my friends and my colleagues sat in those chairs. I want to see this building packed. And there's a whole balcony of chairs that are not even that no one's sitting on, you know. Let's not be content with what we've got. And what we've got is great, isn't it? But there's so much more. Amen. Let's not be content with the friendships and relationships and the security we've got when there is a world literally dying out there, like Daniel's prophesied to us. <coughs> Hallelujah. So, as you may be aware, on our local Sundays, we're looking at a, a series of, of, of the I Am sayings of Jesus. And all those so-called I Am sayings can be found in John's Gospel. Um, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door or the gate for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the son of God. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the true vine. I am the way, the truth and the life. And so over the, over the local Sundays through this year, we've been looking at the way Jesus uses those phrases uh, the, 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 way, the way they carry well, they carry a profound message, don't they? A profound message looking at the, the different facets of his identity. Now, Jesus is the light in the darkness. Amen. He is the door that opens to a place of total security. Thank you. Right? He is the shepherd that guides us and leads us. And he is the way, the truth, and the life, which is the passage we're going to be looking at in just a moment. In every one of those I am sayings, we see that Jesus wants us to receive him, to receive him and his kingdom. Not for what he can give us, so much as what he can be to us. You know, when God appeared to Moses in the burning bush, if you know that story, he made a mysterious an impressive announcement. I am who I am, he said. The story of God, God was speaking with Moses from the bush and he said, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. He doesn't say, I am the all-powerful Oz or whatever. He doesn't say, I am really nice. He just says, quite simply, I am who I am. And that's the God that we want to meet. The one who is in total control. The one who has supreme authority. The one who is above all things. The one who is the beginning and the end of all things. The one who, who knows everything and sees everything. And the one who is everywhere. The I am. So today, like I said, we get to Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And in a moment, I'm going to read the first six verses of John chapter 14, where that verse is found. But 
I just want you to imagine for a moment that you're in one of the most eastern outposts of the Roman Empire and you're walking around and you hear the noise of a big crowd and you go and investigate and there before you is a scene of a public trial and Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor of Judea, is He's under a bit of pressure from this large mob of Jewish people, this crowd that have gathered and seem to be very angry. And Pontius Pilate wants to keep them sweet. He doesn't want to riot in the streets, but they're baying for the blood. And they're baying for the blood of the man who's essentially on trial, Jesus. But Pilate's got a problem. He can't find any fault with this man, Jesus. Although at the same time, he doesn't quite get what he's saying. He doesn't get the claims he's making. My kingdom is not of this world, Jesus said. And Pilate says, well, so you're a king then? And Jesus replies, no, you're saying that. I've come to testify to the truth. Those that hear me are of the truth. And Pilate is challenged by this and he's confused and he's under pressure by the crowd and he begins, he begins to get angry and he says to Jesus, what is truth? You can read that in John chapter 18. What is truth? Well, four chapters earlier, Jesus has, we see that Jesus has already answered that question. Let me read the first six verses of John chapter 14. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way, and the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's profound, isn't it, that statement he makes there. Here, Jesus is informing his disciples that he must go away and prepare a place for them through his death. Not just through his death. Through his death, through his resurrection, and ultimately through his ascension back to the Father's side. Jesus assures his friends there, his disciples, it's all right. You know where I'm going. But Thomas goes, no, we don't know where you're going. How do we know the way? And Jesus says those words. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Jesus doesn't just point the way. He doesn't say, well, if you do this and this and this, you'll, you'll, that's the way to go. You know, go up there, turn left, turn right, jump and over the, over the brown hill, turn... No, he says, I am the way. He doesn't just teach us truth. He is truth. 
He doesn't just represent one alternative way of life. He is the life. Right, so there's subtle differences here, but you've got to hear these things. He doesn't just suggest to, to his hearers, to his friends, well, I am a, I'm a way, and a truth, and a life. He says, I am the way, and the truth, and the life. He's the way to heaven. The only way to heaven is what he's saying to his followers and friends there. You can't get there any other way. You can't get there by being good. It's good to be good, obviously. But that does, that's not the way. Right? You can't get there by being religious. Well, I pray five times a day and I read my Bible every two times and every morning. You, all those things are good, by the way. You can't there, get there by following ceremony. You know, swinging incense or, I don't know, wearing the correct garments. You can't get there by knowledge alone. Well, I, I've memorised most of the Bible now. <laughs> that will not get you there. You won't get there because of your ancestors, whether it's your parents' faith or your grandparents' faith or, or, or your great-great-great-grandparents' faith. In fact, we, we, years ago, we had a, a young girl babysat for us by the name of Luann Spurgeon. She was a direct descendant of C.H. Spurgeon himself. Amazing. She was a long, long way from Christ, let me tell you. Just because her great, great, however many great grandfathers was C.H. Spurgeon, that didn't mean she was on the way. So there's no other way than through Jesus. That's it. Right, now I've said it, right? So then now you can talk, call me intolerant or a narrow-minded bigot, which is what a lot of people would do. But that is the truth, isn't it? And as Christians, we know that. And that can be difficult for us to communicate that. It can be hard. But we can't compromise the claims of Jesus. We, you know, we, it cannot be compromised. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one goes to the Father except through me, Jesus said. That human thirst for God is only quenched in Jesus himself. Amen. Right? And it, it, this verse alone is enough to prove Jesus' claim to, to be God, right? Are there any others? Yeah, there's loads, right? I won't read them all to you, there's a couple, right? So in Acts, in Acts chapter four, verse 12, Peter, the apostle, um, who has denied Jesus several days earlier, I mean, he denied even knowing Jesus. This is the grace of God, isn't it? But, and, and then you know, you know the story, Jesus affirmed him three times. Well, Peter said these words in, in Acts four. He said, there is salvation in no one else. For there's no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Peter believes that Jesus Christ is the only way to the Father. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, the Apostle Paul is writing. He said this, For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. 
Paul also believed that the only way we can have a relationship with God is through Jesus. This is very exclusive, this, isn't it? Right? Jesus is the only way. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one goes to the Father except through me. So Jesus is the only way and he is the truth. Jesus says that he's going to the Father. You know, and Thomas panics, as we saw, and he's saying, look, we, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? How quick? Right? And Jesus reassures him with those words, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Now, Pilate, in John chapter 18, which I referred to at the beginning, said, what is truth? He couldn't get it. Well, here Jesus answers that question, doesn't he? I am the way. I am the truth. Right? Pontius Pilate was confused about the truth when the truth was stood right in front of him. The truth was there. Jesus was there. The truth was there. And he was confused. He was intrigued, but he was it was swayed by the crowd and essentially, although you know, he washed his hands of it, but he sanctioned the death of Jesus. But we must be very aware not to be naive. There is always a conflict between truth and error, isn't there? Right? You, you probably experience this at work or with your friends and family when you, just, you only have to start chatting stuff about Jesus. And if they ain't Christians, mate, there'll be conflict. You only have to make a statement of truth. Even the statement that we were looking at today, where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father except through me. Went, what? What about all the other sincere religious people? Now listen, Jesus said this. Right? People will always react to the truth. Sometimes it's good. <clears throat> Sometimes it's bad. But they will always react. And when people react badly, when society re reacts badly to the truth, you know, Lord, look at that narrow-minded bigot. How, can he, how dare he say that? There's only one way to heaven. People are going to react badly sometimes, and they're going to get angry with you, and they're going to be negative about Jesus. When they're doing that, when people are moaning about him, swearing about him, cussing you and cussing him, Listen, remember, he's still victorious. Just because they don't like it or don't believe it, it's still, Jesus is still the victor, isn't he? I and mean, we can draw strength from that. Truth wins every day. Amen. Right? Even when it doesn't look like it, and sometimes it doesn't, Jesus is still winning. Yes. Right? Look at the cross. Look at the cross itself, right? What do we see when we consider the Easter story? We consider Jesus. We see a man stripped naked, beaten, bloodied and broken. He's dying a vile, cursed death on a cross. He's, he's hung there. People are mocking him. People have spat on him. They've torn the beard from his face. They've grabbed a crown of thorns on his head in, in a mockery of his kingship. All of the things he said he would do, all of the things he said he was, have they died there? Has it all gone wrong? It would seem so, wouldn't it? If you just looked at the story. Yet we know the end. 
His death, in his death, he's victorious. He's always victorious. But what the devil meant for bad, God, God always intended for all time for good. Amen. There's victory. That is where the victory is. You think you can look at it and you can be staring at it and think, oh, oh, they could have been laughing, yeah, we've done him. Yeah. He's lost now. Or even, even his followers are going, oh no, we've lost. It's gone wrong. No. Victory in Christ. Amen. Victory is there. Yes. He is still victorious. Yes, Hallelujah. Amen. Right? And, and, and it, in his death, in that very act of what looked like defeat, he is securing our redemption. Right? Our forgiveness. Our freedom. Right? And when we look at our culture today, we could be tempted to think that somehow Jesus ain't winning here anymore. Look at the state of this nation. Look at our city. Look. Have you seen? Do you know years ago there were so many more Christians in London? You know, and the, this is at the, turn of, at the turn of the 20th century, 1903 or 4, something like that. More than half of children in this nation went to Sunday school. And you think, look at the state of the nation today. Has Jesus' victory been negated? No. We need to remember that because even in London this year, we've got to remember that. Jesus is still victorious. And he is well able to still confound the wisdom of the wise. Right? And he does it, doesn't he, all the time. Right? We want more. Amen. Jesus, let more come. Let more. We fill these seats up, Lord. Amen. But he is still victorious. He is reigning supreme. Christ is Lord. Nothing is happening in this world that Christ is not sovereign over. Right? And we need to stir this truth in us sometimes. Because that will affect us how we speak and how we act. Earthquakes come. Right? Storms destroy, hurricanes destroy. I mean, record-breaking hurricane after record-breaking hurricane, tearing whole towns down in the Caribbean, killing hundreds of people. We've got Donald Trump's finger hovering over that big red nuclear button as Kim Jong-un declares him a mentally deranged dotard. We're not going to go down that road. <laughs> And you think, what's going on in the world? I'm scared. Has Jesus' victory been lost? Well, no. Yesterday, today, and forever, Christ is victorious. We've got to lift this and believe this. He is the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Him. Nothing's changed. So He is the way. He is the truth. What about their life? Jesus had just been telling his disciples about his impending death. And now he's claiming to be the source of all life. You think, what? What's coming on? I'm going to die. I'm going to be taken from you. Listen, in John chapter 10, we read these words. I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. Right? That's Jesus. Right? Believe this stuff. Jesus declared that he was going to lay down his life for his sheep, for us, for his, for his uh, flock. But then he was going to take it back up again. It's going to be all right. In John 14, verse 19, he gives the promise that he says, Because I live, you also will live. Right? It's life. 
He is the life, the deliverance he was about to provide for, the, for the, those his hearers and ultimately for all of us um, was not the, a deliverance from the occupying Roman forces, which is what most Jews were actually, Jews were actually expecting. They were under oppression from a foreign nation, weren't they? They were you know, not quite a slave nation, but oppressed with an occupying force roaming their streets, tramping around their hometowns. And they, want, they wanted freedom, they wanted deliverance, they wanted liberation from that. And, 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 and their, their interpretation of scripture was that that's what's going to come. But Jesus wasn't going to do that. It wasn't going to be some, some vague social deliverance where life will be much better because there'll be more money and better housing and job security and the streets will always be clean. No, it wasn't that sort of deliverance either. This was true deliverance. His life brought true deliverance. His life brought deliverance from a life of slavery to sin and death to a life of freedom in eternity. Amen. Right? Life eternal. In, the, in these words, in John 14, verse 6, Jesus was declaring himself the great I am. His hearers, when, his, the Jewish hearers, when they heard him use that I am, they were outraged. They were disgusted. He was being blasphemous as far as they were concerned because that's the name of God. This carpenter from Galilee is standing there brazenly saying, I am God. How dare we do that? Unless it's true. He is God. He is the only path to heaven. The only real measure of righteousness. The true source of both physical and spiritual life. He was staking his claim, declaring himself as the very God of creation. The Lord who blessed Abraham and the Holy One who inhabits eternity. He always was, he always is, and he always will be. That's Jesus. Right? I reckon he did this so the disciples would be able to face those dark days that were to come. And we face dark days, don't we? I reckon he did that so they could carry on the mission of declaring the gospel to the whole world. And we continue in that calling. We know from scripture that those early disciples didn't get it at first. They still didn't understand. It took several visits for Jesus to go to him. Thomas himself was like, useless, wasn't he? Yeah. I'll believe it when I see it, he said basically. Yeah. When I can put my finger in the nose in his hands. <coughs> and Jesus graciously appeared to him and knew him, didn't he? He said, go on then. And then Thomas changed. And from being, you know, he's, uh, he, from being the one whose reputation has been a doubter, his nickname, Doubting Thomas, he made one of the most wonderful declarations of Jesus' lordship, where he took to his knees before him and said to Jesus, my Lord and my God. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, God. He got it. He saw it. 
once they understood the truth, once they understood the truth of his words and with the power of the Holy Spirit, they became transformed people, didn't they? And the world has never been the same again. You know, like Pete said, from starting with those 12 disciples to 120 people in an upper room and then, then the power of, power of the Holy Spirit comes on them and bang, thousands are saved. It's never been the same. <coughs> so how do we follow him today? The same way the disciples did long ago. They heard the words of Jesus and by his grace believed him. They took his words and they obeyed them. They confessed their wrongdoing to Jesus as Lord and God. They believed that he died to take the punishment of, for their sin and their wrongdoing and then rose from the dead, defeating death itself to give them new life. They then followed his example and command to tell others the truth. The truth about sin, the truth about righteousness, and the truth about judgment. When we follow him, him who is the way, the truth, and the life, we can make a massive impact on this world we live in. You can make a massive impact on this world we live in right now. Right here, right on the streets and estates of Bermondsey. We can be assured that we have the power to do it and we can be assured that he is the way, the truth and the life and therefore is the only way to heaven. We're going to follow him all the way there. This is our home. We're going to go home with him. So let's get on with the task, shall we? Let's get on with the task to follow the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen? Amen. I'm going to finish there by praying for us as Sydney Hope Bermondsey. Shall we stand together? Sometimes body language is helpful. Can I encourage you just to, to reach out your hands to him so as to receive from him? Because I want to pray a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit for you. Lord, we do welcome you here. We don't have to invite you. You're here with us. Thank you, Lord. Yes. So, but we do welcome you. And I want to say, Holy Spirit, that you will come and fill your people afresh. Amen. And Lord, as we've looked at, as we've contemplated your, those words, which are so simple, yet so massively profound, that you are the way, the truth, and the life. Lord, that those words, coupled with the power of your spirit, will transform us and change us afresh. Lord. Amen. That will affect how we speak and what we say. It will affect how we act and when and where we, we do those things that you've called us to do. Every aspect of our lives, Lord, our thought life, that will be transformed by the, by the power of your spirit and the truth of your word. Lord, that we will be weapons in your hand as we go to, as we go yes, to the people Lord, around us. That we want to we see life, not death. We don't Amen. want those carts 
the, the, the trundle with the streets saying, bring out your dead. We want to we want to tramp we want to travel down those streets saying, calling forth life. Amen. We're calling forth life. Lord, so let us be aware of the truth of your I am sayings through the book of John. Lord, we want to see the reality of that affect us. It won't, don't just want to tickle our ears in here on a Sunday morning and then go about our business. Lord, we want to take away from here what you have done and spoken to us, that your word will change us. Lord, even as we think of the events that we've talked about with the screening of a movie and playing games with kids at an alternative Halloween, Lord, let behind that, let us be very aware that this is for you and for the Amen. glory of God. It's for the gospel yes. advance. It's for life transformation. Yes. So come, Lord, and stir us. Yes. Stir us to lives of holiness and power yes. in our communities yes. and our families. Lord, we need you. Yes. We declare it. We are weak, but you are strong. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And I pray, come again and again to us. Lord, we, we, get, we are so slow at times. I am so slow at times. Lord, I hear it and then I don't do it. I hear it and I forget it. Lord, soften my heart. Lord, change my mind. Let me do new things to your glory. Let us as a company of people do new things to bring glory to your name. Because you are God and there is no other. There's no alternative. There's no other way. So come, Lord Jesus. Lord, and we declare it right now. And I'm going to finish with this because I'll keep going on and on. Jesus, we declare it. You are the way. Yes. You are the truth. Yes, and you are the life. Amen. No one, no one comes to the Father except through you. Amen. 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 Hallelujah.